This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Now they have all the things like, hey, by the way, you can partner with us to publish it if you have the like financials for it. Or if you make oh, an indie yeah. game, you can sell it on our store. Or if you- Welcome to Game Dev Advice the Game Developers Podcast, your place for resources and in-depth conversations with other game development professionals. I'm your host, John J.P. Podlasic. I've worked at 10 different game companies, starting back in 1989 with the TurboGrafx-16. Over the decades, I've developed games like Mortal Kombat, Avengers Initiative, Beavis and Butthead, and numerous others. I now work for a startup called Level X. But this podcast isn't about me. It's about you and the game development community. So if you have questions or ideas, give a call, 224-484-7733, or go to the gamedevadvice.com website. So let's kick things off with the new Game Dev Advice. Hey, everybody. I've got Justin Molman here tonight. Justin, how's it going? It's going good. How are you doing, John? I am doing good, all things considered here. Um... Like what projects, because I know you've got a lot of them, uh, yeah. do you have going on right now? So kind of give a breakdown of all of your stuff because it, it's a pretty amazing list of stuff you got going on. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's one of those things that when I when people try to ask what I do, they're always like, nah, you're not doing all that. But <laughs> uh, sadly, I am. And I have even been audited by the IRS twice because they're like, you're not doing all that. And then when I pr- provided like proof of it, they're like, oh, oh, shit. Um, so... <laughs> My main gig now is uh, I'm a game development producer and content developer for Epic Games. Been with them for about a mm. year now. Great. And I can't really say exactly what I'm doing, but um, a lot of the stuff that we'll do, like the there's some stuff that I can't say. So yeah, that's fair. What I'm also helping with is the, the main initiative is is really to like um, spearhead the education aspect of it because there's mm-hmm. the game development side. There's the you know, like the visual effects side, the arc previs, and mm-hmm. then we have like the enterprise side, which kind of covers the automotive and everything like that. So what we're trying mm-hmm. to do is take the educational aspect of like, hey, here's our products, here's Unreal Engine, um, here's how to use it, here's how the way that we want, we, we like to use the actual engine. Right. So I'm trying to create structure around it um, for a game development path, like uh, using learning paths, so identifying key roles like a level designer, shader artists, and you know, gameplay programmers, all that fun stuff, mm-hmm. and creating educational learning paths that take someone from uh, junior to mid-level to uh, senior, mm-hmm. uh, and then also doing project-based courses, which 
then takes those skills and wraps them around like a concept like, hey, now that you know that, let's go ahead and create a first person horror game using this tool. So it's kind of, it'll, it'll oh. kind of mimic some of the stuff that you might see in like a Resident Evil, but we can't say that because yeah. of copyright reasons. But the idea is we show people, hey, here's all the different roles you can learn to be in to be part of the game development industry. And then once mm-hmm. you have those skills, here's just some fun projects you can use, which reflect like the actual game dev cycle, like pre-production, production, post-production. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the format like? Video or, or it's or video? Like, yeah, yeah, it's video. Um, it's it's text based. It's blog. Like we're we're doing a, like kind of all over. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 been fun because I kind of get I'm in charge of creating the whole pipeline for it and the whole team, which has been a bit hmm. interesting in a yeah. good way. It, it just I wasn't like expected to be like, oh hey, dude, you take the reins. I was like, oh okay, um, right. and uh, they kind of went with me because I mean I've been working on video games now. This is year seventeen which is crazy. And I've been teaching college for art schools for 13 years now. So I have that kind of fine balance plus the work with the rookies allows me mm. to have that connection with the different developers, studios, and schools. So yeah. what I've been doing is, is dealing with different studios, different developers, different schools um, to figure out uh, as well, like what they're looking for, but also to find these top tier professionals. Um, like one of my guys that I just picked up, uh, he's like uh, one of the top notch ones at Warner Brothers in Montreal and he's like a unreal mm. guru. So we're working with him to create a, uh, a level design pipeline. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, we will have like our Epic main players that are part of the, the main teams, like old school have been here for like 20 years yeah. and they'll be there to kind of like give their, their thoughts on it. We call them like the subject matter experts, but mm-hmm. the goal is to, you know, Epic has been really, really keen on not only sharing their tech, but they want to make sure that you can learn it properly because um, yeah. there's so many different resources out there. But then once right. you learn it, now they have all the things like, hey, by the way, you can partner with us to publish it if you have the like financials for it. Or if you make oh, an indie yeah. game, you can sell it on our store. Or if you don't, you just want to sell some assets or some code or script or something you wrote, you can sell mm-hmm. it on our marketplace. Right. They're kind of giving everyone like, all these options, especially nowadays when a lot of people are like, well, what do I do for work? Or I just graduated college. What do I do? Well, yeah. you, you're kind of empowered to do that with all these tools they're giving you. Um, right. Which should I you, wish I would have had. Should you, I was to say, like, should you wish you had 17 years ago, right? It's like right? none of that I, stuff. Yeah. Exactly. That's, so that's that that's one. pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, Keep going. Uh, I know you got yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, and then, um, so I, I do teach at Columbia College, uh, just some like large team classes and game development stuff, which has been interesting because we had to shift to using um, uh, Discord. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, which has been fine because you know, it is what it is. They only have like two weeks left. Um, right. I've been teaching remotely in Germany and Cologne, which has been fun. Hmm. So I've been doing that for over three years. So I've, I've been... T- okay. It, and it's an interesting process. Like the school is called Pixel Vision Media Academy. Um, they're Pixel Vision? Pixel Vision, yeah. Vision, okay. It's a small school. There's like 400 of them, but they are huh. on par quality-wise with like Nomen and Think Tank. They're, oh, wow. They've been That's winning. Like, heaters. Yeah, yeah they, they, I would say they're as good or if not better because I'm like, when you look at their stuff, they're like, holy cow. Wow. Um, and it's crazy because uh, in Germany, uh, universities are free except for this you'd have to, you have to elect to go there to pay for it. So the mm-hmm. people that go there really want to go there. Yeah. They're hungry. Um, yeah, exactly. So they're putting in like a different effort. Um, I do have the tattoo shop. I've had it for why wow, you had that while, right? 
10 years now. 10 years? Uh, Shit, yeah. I thought it was like five. Wow. That's... Yeah, 10 years. So me and uh, like three other guys. So it's a little bit frustrating because, you know, we're still trying to get the um, the small business loan. We try to get the first round and we didn't make it in time. We're trying to get yeah. the second one. Um, luckily, we have a lot of money saved um, so we can afford to pay bills and help some of the guys. Yeah, but with the storm. We got the the rookies, which is been for uh, they've been around for 10 years actually this is our 10 year anniversary but wow, 10 years yeah t- uh, tell more about that too because i think so the rookies is great them. yeah the rookies is great so um i've been helping for six years now and i met the guys ironically just through a couple friends and mm-hmm. they're they're based in australia and they're they're like 20 plus year veterans in the film industry like top tier like hmm. there's alan uh hunt uh, and he was like a senior lead tech artist at Weta, Rising Sun, all these oh, big studios. Weta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would like he worked on. Like, he was the one that textured Smog and Hobbit, and like he's up there, really nice guy. But he knows hmm. his texture stuff. And now he's at Adobe working with. Uh, he's like the Oceana representative for Adobe and Substance Painter and all those programs. Okay. Uh, so he's he got a nice gig up there. And then uh, there's yeah. Andrew, and he's more from the modeling side. Andrew McDonald and him and his wife are like the power couple because. They were over at ILM for a long time um, hmm. and a bunch of Animal Logic before that. And now she's like the main executive producer for the mill down in Australia. And uh, he's doing the rookies full time. But again, just so their whole thing was they always saw a gap between what studios wanted and what schools were providing. So mm-hmm. they wanted to bridge that gap. They wanted to be able to have people who went to these small schools be able to have the same shot to get a job at the big companies. Right. Um, but there was never platforms. So mm-hmm. basically they created this thing called the rookies, which was, it started off as the CG student awards, but we changed it to the rookies to make it more, you know, brand favorable and kind of less yeah. corporate sounding. Right. Um, and every single year we would have like this one main contest from March till June, where we would have all these different categories. We'd have thousands of students apply and we'd have judges from around the world, art directors from like Naughty Dog, Pixar, Weta, the top tier people that would never, ever, ever look at people's work um, in any other scenario because they're just too busy. Usually when you apply to a studio, it has to go through like HR and some recruiters and maybe some senior leads, but it's, you know, you're very rarely getting like the main, main people looking at stuff. Straight to the source. Yeah, exactly. So, we, we start doing that and um, the winners would get paid internships and paid jobs at these studios. And that's cool. It's, it's been going really successful. Like we've placed hundreds of people in jobs because since wow. then it's become a way where now studios like Weta, for example, always knows that we're going to have a certain amount of talented people. So they'll be like, Hey, we need this many people for this. Uh, and right. we'll Planning. now that, yeah. I and mean, we have the, uh, the analytics on our back end, So we can be like, Oh, cool. Here, here's, five people that know Mari that are in the, that have green cards to work in the Oceana area. Boom. There you go. Epic has mm-hmm. been doing it with us now too. Cause they're like, Oh, we need a couple lighting artists or whatnot that are, have like their visas to work in Canada. Cool. Boom here. Uh, so, I see. That's cool. Yeah. Right. So it, it's been, it's becoming a lot more of that a lot more mini challenges with smaller brands. Like uh, we're doing an, another challenge with uh, hopefully later this year, Pixar, uh, mm-hmm. um, based on the RenderMan stuff to, to bring people, we're doing challenges with like Epic, we're doing challenges with uh, DreamWorks and some other ones. And the goal is to like, it's to help people land internships, get, you know, the, the, the highlight on them. Yeah, yeah. but also we, we've introduced like this whole feature where we have schools of the year. And the idea is 
the school of the years, it doesn't matter how big you are, how expensive you are. It's more or less like, hey, we're looking at raw, like how who's submitting? What's the quality level? How far are they getting in? So we're looking at just the talent that's getting pumped out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying mm-hmm. to like also provide resources in terms of like, you know, making sure that you can, you have the best uh, knowledge to go to these certain schools, go to these certain studios, understand the software. So we're trying to become, we, we realize that we're not going to do tutorials. It's just not our thing. There's plenty of websites out there doing that. Right. Um, we're just trying to be like an educational hub for it, um, which has been, it's been great. So hmm. for me, I'll like, I'll, I'll help as a judge. I'll, my main role is as a creative director for them, but I, I'm, I'm just helping with like just challenges, ideas and, it's been fun because that's one of the main reasons I got my job with Epic was because I was working with them a lot through the rookies. And right. It just was a natural transition to help them with that stuff. So I've been doing editor, uh, con- contributing editor and editor for this magazine called Heavy Metal for... Yes, like, just about, I remember that. Yeah, just about six years now. Well, when did Heavy Metal... It goes back to like the 70s, 77. Right? Damn, I, I remember to, that in freaking high school back in the yeah. 80s. That was like yeah. the shit with your... yeah. Yeah, it started off as uh, in France, and it was called Metal Metal Laurent, Laurent. Um, and wow. then um, it was brought over here, um, and yeah, I just kind of like randomly got involved with it, um, just through yeah. my connections with like art, but also music. And mm-hmm. uh, I started helping them bring talent in um, on the music side, but also art side and stories. And uh, they've been really, it's, it's been fun. I mean, like I never yeah. thought I'd be working with the comic book industry, but it again. For six years, you said? Yeah, I've been doing it for that. It's, it's been a while. So uh, it's been fun. I worked on, I think I've worked on 13 issues with them already. Mm-hmm. Um, and before then I was doing like, I'd, I'd help with like conventions and just some like admin stuff. But now um, they're doing more and more editing stuff. And they're actually publishing um, eight of our comics that me and another buddy, Dan, made. Um, that That's are great. Out. Okay. So it's, it's fun. Um, yeah. And lastly, for right now. Photography? Photography is, is there, but uh, yeah. I, I have like this Forrest Gump job where I am now uh, <laughs> the, the bass player for Metallica, Rob. I'm just like one of his assistants. Um, I do, I help him with the social media, I help him with art content. Um, I'm just, Wait a minute, so, so you're doing social media for, for Metallica, you said? Uh, for Rob Chihulio, the bass player. Oh, the bass player, right. Okay, they yeah. came in after the uh, other guy was in the bus. And Jason. All, all yeah, there, yeah there's Cliff yeah, yeah. and Jason. And okay. Rob's, been, Rob's been with him for 17 years now. Yeah. Damn. Crazy. Yeah. He has helped me a lot, but I got that one through helping us through just like photography and doing, because I don't know if you know, when I was at Midway where mm-hmm. I first met you, yeah. I would work, I'd work all day uh, on the, at Midway at Mortal Kombat stuff. But then from, right. I think it's from 9 p.m., Till 2 a.m. almost every single night, I went to a recording studio and I worked at a recording studio every single night too. Okay. Yeah. I remember the recording studio stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. how like it all got kicked off. So it's, it's been a fun thing, but like, huh. yeah, I work a lot, but I, 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 each of the jobs are fun. And if you think about it, they all kind of plug into each other in some way. And there's been weird times where everything's kind of like come full circle. Like mm-hmm. um, we got to have a guitar pedal demo uh, that we made a we made a guitar pedal for a coffee brand dark matter that we worked with, and right. we had a mastodon demo it inside of the tattoo shop. <laughs> so it was like I was like, oh cool, everything's coming like so. Yeah, mastodon, it's pretty yeah. Good yeah, yeah. So, th- but there's times where we can actually have everything like wrapped together. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like it's the one thing I try to tell like students and 
just anyone that's doing games. I never thought I, first off, I never thought I'd be working in games when I was going to art school. That wasn't mm-hmm. a degree. It wasn't an option. It was, right. I think we just started getting 3d. It was like, all right, we're going to, here's a giant thousand page textbook on Maya four. Read it. <laughs> um, Good luck. Dive in. Exactly. And then everything else, like it's just kind of like we were talking about earlier. It's like, if, if you have little, if you have enough people skills to navigate and that you have a work ethic, you can mm-hmm. do games and you can do more because right. What games is, is just like finding a way to visually problem solve and communicate, mm-hmm. which most people can't. They can't do that at all. So if you can do that and you can find yourself in scenarios where you can take advantage of it, like I have. Yeah, you're set. Exactly. I started doing, I decided to do, started doing photography like two years ago now. Because okay. I was like, I, I've got, I know, I've got a weird intimate relationship in terms of being able to work with a lot of these bands where I could go, I could literally just ask them, Hey, can I shoot you? And I'll bring my phone, my camera and they'll let me, and they'll let me get weird access just because I've known them yeah. from a friend, friend capacity from either recording with them or just general, like the weird thing about musicians and just everyone that love video games. So right. it's, it's they, want, they, want, they want to ask you more <laughs> questions than you think. And I'm sure you've gotten that too. Like how many people right. want to ask like, wait, you, you worked on Mortal Kombat? Right. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll tell you more about that. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, so yeah, they, I, I've gotten the, I shot a bunch of shows with Tenacious D and with uh, Ghost and I did a, a small little run with Nine Snails and I was supposed to do another run with like Gojira this week, this year. And then, yeah, n- no, like we developed um, a game at Level X called Cardio X. Yeah, it, I played that. Yeah. You play it? Yeah. And, you know, we learned through focus testing that um, cardiologists listen to ambient music. Right, it's it's like a way that really? calm their nerves when they when they're doing surgery. So we, Jeff uh, Linville, the the audio, he did a whole soundtrack for the Cardio X game, ambient music. You know, they listen to that while they're doing surgery. Why not put that in the game? So this video game, you know, for cardiologists has a soundtrack that's on Spotify, and and you can listen to the whole Cardio X soundtrack. So 17 years ago, artist <laughs> yeah. flashback. You know, uh, how did you get started? Was it high voltage, right? Or were you someplace? Before yeah, it was, it was high voltage. I, I got lucky. Okay. Um, it's one of those things that like, I try to tell all students like, um, cause teaching for 13 years now, I've been like, I was at DePaul, I was at Columbia, I was at, mm-hmm. like, I've done classes at Think Tank and did some stuff at SCAD. I did like a bunch of stuff at the Art Institute and I see students in every single school, even the best schools, I'd say like 80% of them just don't get it. Yeah. Um, the people who actually get it are always the ones that have struggled in some way, like either financially they're paying for themselves to be here. They've done right. their job. They come back because the one thing that you can control is when you show up to class, how you act when you're in class mm-hmm. and do you submit things on time? And are you showing progression? Like, do you know when to ask? Like, are you asking because you're too lazy to research it? Or are you asking because mm. you've exhausted all possibilities? And you right. Know. Yeah. It's a big difference, right? It, it, it totally is. Like um, Google it, dumbass, versus like, exactly. yeah, here's what I Googled and here are my five options and what's the best path. I'm like, okay, I'll exactly. talk to that guy yeah, yeah. or person. So I got I got lucky. There was a, he worked, I don't know if you, you remember him because he worked at Midway as well. His name was Brian McRae. Do you remember him? Yeah. He was like a character artist or something, right? Yeah. Character environment artist. He, he yeah. Had, you know, he was on like, I don't know if he was on Deception or whatnot, but I feel like he, he was- He's back on, in Netherrealm if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh, he, he plays he plays guitar, I think. Yeah. 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 He had long hair kind of like, yeah. so he, he was my, I got, he taught, he taught like one semester at the Art Institute in Schaumburg where I went. Mm-hmm. And the one semester was there, I got him for my intermediate modeling class. And I was like, fuck yeah. And I, I, I just showed up to class like I always did. Like I showed up and, you know, I was working three jobs paying for my own college. So I took that stuff super serious. 
Yeah. So I'd show up and I was like, I want to figure this out. I want to learn it. And also because I was, I'm pretty much not a spaz. I mean, you know me, I'm pretty chill most of the time. So yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't, I wasn't like overly anxious or like just, I wouldn't go up to him and just stare and be like, I see you work at a game studio. How do you do? Like it was, <laughs> right. I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm going to learn from you. But uh, he pulled me aside and he's like, Hey, there's a internship over at high voltage. Um, I think you'd be great for it. Like I, I already put your name in go. He didn't, it wasn't even an option. He's like, I already put your name in, go, go talk. And uh, I ended cool. up getting it. And it was, it was a crash course for sure. Like I started off by doing, animation um i was doing audio hmm. i did audio for a little bit then i was doing animation too i was doing animation cleanup on mocap for uh some stuff i started doing some uh, audio stuff audio and qa stuff for leisure suit larry which was yeah like, yeah, yeah. They, like, they they rebooted that with brian yeah. blicky and um yep. yeah and they had the big mocap studio too their uh red uh, eye or yep, something like that yep yep the red eye and uh it was hilarious because it's like the first, like the like high voltage, by the way, is it's like an independent, uh, I think it's the world's large or the world's largest independent studio. I, I don't remember. Third party. They've been around forever, right? Since yeah, it's like 90s. 25 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were, there's always so many projects working on at, this, at that place. So I got put mm-hmm. on Leisure Suit Larry for a couple of weeks, which was like scrubbing audio and all you <laughs> scrubbing audio for that. It's just like you're listening, you're hearing porn sounds. I was like, what the fuck? Right, release your suit. And uh, I was remember like trying to explain it to my parents, and they're like, "Oh, great!" And I remember like Ron Jeremy <laughs> came into the studio one day. And right, his, I heard about his, that. Uh, yeah. His uh, luggage was like on a black garbage bag, and I was like, "I don't want to fucking go near him. <laughs> I don't touch that guy." You mean uh, gloves? Yeah, I was like, "Oh no, I'm good." Uh, <laughs> but then uh, the second one I got put after was, was I was doing animation cleanup for this one game called Duel Masters, uh-huh. and it was it was like. I mean, I, and that's the one thing as a student, you have to be like, when you're getting out, starting off in the industry, you, you got to, people now are kind of spoiled because they're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And like, it's cool. But what positions are actually available on these websites? Right. For you do. It's like, not like, it's cool that you like to draw or you want to be a character right. artist. Look at your skills and look at the openings and realize that everyone wants to be a character artist. Right. It's like, and you have right. to like, kind of like get your foot in the door and then you can move around. So like I got yeah. my foot in the door and I was doing the animation cleanup, which was, I didn't mind it. Um, mm. And then um, they hired me on to do, cause I expressed interest in doing modeling. I was like, Hey, I want to do modeling texturing. And then they hired me on. Right. So I, was, I only interned for like three months and then they hired me on and, my first project was Jackass the game, which never came out. <laughs> it, it I, remember, was, I remember hearing about tri- that. Oh my god, it development. Was, yeah, it was a trip. Like, because the cast would come in, and you'd see like Wee Man like running around in, in a full mo- <laughs> like a mocap bodysuit, just running around pranking. They would everyone they just run around prank each other in the studio. <laughs> people were working. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, and there was dude, there was something hilarious. So. Uh, Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please go to patreon.com backslash game dev advice. We'd love to see if you can support the show and help uh, new episodes keep coming out. That's patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Thanks. Back in the day, do you remember Havoc? It was that, it was the physics. So, Dude, I, I helped sign that contract for version 1.0 to be used by Midway with games like PsyOps and stuff. And oh, they're based out of Ireland. 
Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Havoc. It's a physics. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah. So a physics engine. You'll, you'll appreciate this. So the, the IT guy at the time, which I think he's still the IT guy, but I never liked him. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but so I had to go in when we we're working on um, Jackass because a lot of it was like, there was using like ragdoll physics and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had to edit these XML Havoc files. And instead of me doing save, I did print and I didn't realize it. And the next morning there was a stack of over 600 pages on my desk and a bill. And they took the money of the what? ink and paper out of my check. Cause of the IT guy, he's like, you just buy stuff. I was like, I'm like, what the, like it was an accident, but I, was, but I, I, I kept, I kept the stack of paper there. Like, and so like I, 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 duct, I duct taped it all together. I just brought it to every single desk that I had. I was like, cause they move you around. Right. Um, I bought these. I might as well yeah. do with them. Oh, dude, I was an asshole about it because, like, you know, the yeah, longer I mean, it was I would... a dick move. I, oh, you yeah. know, I was like, yeah, hey, by the way, you did that. Maybe you don't want to, but yeah, power trip. Yeah. Yeah. I took it the power trip. Imagine that. And it was like a fifteen dollar thing. I was like, oh. but um, but ultimately, like when you go back now, it's like the one thing that was nice about high voltage is that we're all in it together. Like the leadership, um, like we're all kind of like in this thing where it's like, all right, well, we're there. And they still were able to turn out the content and make it mm-hmm. shippable. And right. they always had a, 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 like, I would say this, if you start off at high voltage, you're going to go to a good studio because it's like they prepare you for fucking everything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then, right. then I, I went to Midway from high voltage and yeah, it was, yeah. Midway was interesting. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I was a kid in a candy store because I remember like, do you remember, because um, you grew up, like I, I'm from McHenry. So like, like, mm-hmm. Over in Crystal Lake, do you guys ever remember Wags? It was yeah, we used to so, go there yeah. at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So it was Walgreens stores. For those who don't know, it had this this restaurant called Wags, whose mascot was a raccoon, if I remember right. It's and an then, IHOP knockoff, basically. Yes, yeah. It, yeah. So IHOP took them all over, um, but I remember going to one in McHenry, which was like so far away. If I had to ride my bike, it took me like an hour and a half to get there because <laughs> it was the only place that had a Mortal Kombat arcade machine. Uh, in a Wags? Yeah. It was, in the very, it was in the very front. It was like the four-year area. It was a Mortal Kombat one. Wow. And uh, I would, that's the only reason I wanted to go there. But uh, for me, it was a trip because I was like sitting there and I'm like, I didn't know I was going to go to college, let alone make games. And, yeah. and to like get the offer to work on the Mortal Kombat games, I was like, this is awesome. So yeah, it was yeah. fun. Yeah. Like I got to, right when I jumped in, I, I started doing the cinematic stuff for Shaolin Monks, which was fun. And then okay. I jumped on with you guys. Uh, yeah. I got... So I was, I was hired to do the cinematics team. Uh, and then with like Chuck Lynch, I think hired me. And then mm-hmm. Mike Turan and Tony uh, Goski yeah, stole Gosky. me. Yeah. yeah. And yep. Steve Rand stole me to, to be on uh, uh, Armageddon. DC or Armageddon. Okay. That yeah, was Armageddon. So um, that was fun. I mean, I helped with some background. Like I did like, I helped on two of the main things, but then I, I mainly just did like the cart quest and conquest and some other uh, random no stuff. Conquest. Yeah. Conquest was a, beast yeah. that was yeah. so, that was like armageddon in general was like five games in one yeah it was mk kitchen sink i used to call it <laughs> yeah it was it's crazy. got everything more modes more levels yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was crazy no uh, it, it was fun there though like uh, again you you had to be like flexible like, mm-hmm. yeah. like I, th- I think there was just like there was a crunch um but it, it never it didn't feel like a crunch because i was like excited to work on the project after I got done with the Armageddon one, I got dragged on because everyone that was free at that point got dragged on to Stranglehold, which was, mm-hmm. that was the first, like it still was one of the first true next-gen games for like Xbox 360, PS3. And 
just yeah. seeing all that new tech, I was just, my mind was blown. I was like, holy shit, like normal maps? What? Like that right. wasn't a thing before. I was like, what the hell? Uh, these tools? Yeah. Like it was all like we were using Unreal 3 engine from scratch, like the very first one. And then obviously like the midway way was to like rip it up and, and start throwing everything out and be like, well, we're going to make everything destructible. Yeah, it was a big deal with with, with that game. It was all destructible yeah. environments. Yeah, yeah. And then the ironic thing is obviously like a year later, they release an update, which has this tool called Fracture that does everything super quick. Meanwhile, we <laughs> were like work. spending like so much time hand cutting like columns and all these other pieces and like uh, cutting, like right. capping the edges and giving physics to every single piece so it would work right. And nope. Yep. Cool. So like what kind of advice would you give uh, 3D artists already working in the field right now? Um, honestly, stand up. Stretch mm-hmm. your legs. Take care of your <laughs> hands. Um, yeah, I just got the I just got these glasses from this one brand called uh, Barner, like B A R N E R. They're mm-hmm. I don't need glasses for sight, but they're the the UV reflection ones. Okay, for the blue lights. Yeah, yeah, the blue, yeah, the blue yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Those ones. And um, I, when I wear them, like I, I was kind of like hesitant, but now when I do wear them, like my eyes feel completely different. Like not dry, mm-hmm. uh, not tired. I, I did start to notice like a couple years ago, my hands would like clench up, not arthritis, but like I'd get like weird spasms and like my mouse mm. finger and all that stuff. And it was because yeah. when you, no, it was just, it's another one. So it's like when you, when you sit all the time and you're there, cause if you're like on the computer all the time, yeah. your arms are like bent and your hands are kind of like kicked up and you're mm-hmm. working on it. Your, your forearm muscles get so tight that they mm. become knots and those knots kind of pinch and will make things is, I don't know if that is that carpal tunnel. I thought carpal tunnel was like closer to the wrist, but yeah, mine was like more on my forearms and whatnot. Um, okay. So it honestly, it's just balanced. Like any 3d artists out there. First off, I would say is just balanced, like stand up, walk around, stretch, take care of yourself, like do yoga, eat some like, have mm-hmm. like good food, take care. Cause a lot of what you're doing as a 3d artist is once you figure out the pipeline, you're just mm-hmm. problem solving. So yeah. if your problem solving is just based on your, what you're doing mentally, mm-hmm. what you put in your body is huge. Um, and yeah. then outside of that, I would say like, I don't really play games. I, I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing that's made me successful in that the aspect of being an artist in the industry is uh, I like to travel or like do other things. So if mm-hmm. the job of an artist or designer is to interpret the world around you, go out in the world around you, notice things. Yeah, uh, understand science. Like I, I did archi- I, I did a uh, construction a lot growing up, so I had a fascination with architecture too. Mm-hmm. So when I'm building actual sets and like pieces, like I understand how to build it in its raw form. Right. So it's it's uh, the problem solving becomes easier. And then when I'm texturing, I understand like oh cool, like you know metal is going to oxidize. You know it might get like worn down from the sun being outside here. So it's like if you pay attention to the things that are around you, it's going to make mm-hmm. you a better artist. Um, and I don't think a lot enough artists, like enough people in the industry are doing that. They're like junior um, mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, well, I want to play games afterwards. I mean, it's right. cool. Don't, I'm not saying don't play games. Just don't right. have that be everything. It's like, yeah, get a balance. Yeah. 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 I, I guess that's the thing. Mm. Ba- find the balance. Sorry. When you said, when we were talking about 
sitting postures and stuff. Uh, we won't say his name, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember there was a guy at Midway that you sat with that had one of the, uh, the yep. ball chairs. <laughs> yep, yep. And I was like, I was like, dude, I, I, I don't want him in here. Can you? Can you? He would stare at me while I was working. It was so weird. Yeah, he was. He was a little different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was. Yeah, there, it was. Uh, for those of you who like watched The Office, he was like a weird version of Dwight that was sitting on an extra ball exercise ball. At- <laughs> Like, no man, no. <laughs> like like five feet from you. <laughs> yeah, it was all day. <laughs> it, was so, it was it was interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Just just like if you take care of your your body, your like, and I noticed this. I'd I'd see people because there's like working hard and working smart, and I'd see people when specifically mm-hmm. like like when I was at Activision, like they'd be like, oh, seven o'clock would roll or six o'clock would roll around the bank. Well, we're gonna do food orders if you're staying later get food and then the food was always good but it was like that rich heavy food so if oh, food right. came at seven and you ate it you don't want to be the person that eats and leaves but right. they would eat and then you just kind of sit there and get so sluggish from digesting that you would end mm-hmm. up not leaving work till like 10 or 11 and then you'd get into work the next morning and you'd be cranky and it's like dude you got nothing done because right. you ate crappy food and now you're cranky. All the pasta and breads. Exactly. And all these like, like food, food comas. And you're like, uh, like sluggish. And yeah. But we ate really good at Disney. Like uh, me and John worked at Disney too. And it's like, yeah. when they, when we had food there. It was like healthy food. I felt good. Like after we got done eating there, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go work. I, the wonderful right. thing about that place too is we never, we, I think we crunched one. I say we didn't really crunch that much. We crunched one yeah. time and it was like for two hours. Yeah, <laughs> we had, I think we had one weekend where people came in and we had like a masseuse yeah. and then we had uh, smoothies brought in. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, and when people say that crunch is, is unavoidable, I'm like, it totally is. You just have to plan it right. Cause we didn't mm-hmm. like, like that was a, like a great example of like, no, we got everything done. And we got like, I remember when we were working on that one, that one project, I don't know if we're allowed to say what project we're working on, but mm-hmm. like, we were supposed to work on like five or no seven levels. And me and Dan were like, well, we can do double that easy. And we got it done still without crunching. So what about projects? Like what's your one or two favorite projects over your 17 years that uh, you've worked on? If you can pick one or two. I got to say um, the ones that like were my, my two favorite projects. I, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed working on uh, MK Armageddon. Like I'm, I'm going to okay. give you three. I enjoyed it because it was sure. really my first big project my first triple a game yeah first like something that you can't wait to tell someone you worked on um mm-hmm. and i got to meet a lot of cool people and i was it was fun i mean like it's a game that i would play and i did play yeah. uh, plus i think i was like shit i was pretty young second one was you know what for all the headache that it was at certain times i really enjoyed working on um tony hawk ride because mm. Building a studio, I was just getting back into Chicago. The, our office was, we started off in a small office and we went to an office that was like on the 33rd floor of like this big building downtown. Yeah, I remember hearing about that place. Yeah, yeah. We, had, yeah. we had really cool views. The people that we were building team, it was fun. Like we were building tech and figure things out now. And the sad thing is, I really think if we were given like that extra year and a half we were supposed to have, the game mm-hmm. would have been amazing. I really, I really think that. Um, yeah. And it sucks that like you can't tell. You know, re- reviewers don't care. They just look right. at the product. So was I proud of the product? I mean, not really. I thought I, I thought it was fun to play. Um, I liked what it was fun to work on. I'll say it's that. very ambitious though, right? Because it said the oh, uh, mainly the board the the board peripheral and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, well, we yeah. created we created the hardware for that. That's yeah, like, crazy. We yeah. created the tech. We created the hardware. Created the team, new IP, everything, and then like. 
less than two years and Activision gave very little support. Yeah, that's, um, that's very uh, ambitious. Yeah, yeah. Sure. but I'd say that the third one, I, I really liked work on, working on that. Are we allowed, I, I, that one project we're working on at Disney that I'm not going to say, the, the okay. last one. I, I, mobile I liked, game? Yeah, I, I really right. liked working on that because at that point, I feel like the team was like clicking, like design, mm-hmm. programming, like everyone. It was just fun. Like we, yeah. we, we, ha- we were having a good time. We were getting stuff done. I liked working on it because obviously we got to work on a lot of Disney properties. I was like, oh, fucking fun. Yeah. Um, and I liked working with the people because it, it, was, it was fun. It was like, um, it was a lot of people that I worked with at High Voltage and Midway and Rebel. It was taking some of these people that I haven't worked with and then people that I have worked with. So it didn't feel unfamiliar. It just felt mm-hmm. like comfortable. Yeah. If people don't know that uh, Wide Load Studios was started by Alex Ropian that people should know from uh, Bungie, right? He started Bungie in Chicago and then Mm -hmm. um, he started Wide Load and then uh, Wide Load was acquired by Disney right before I joined. It was like 2009, 2010. And then he was uh, working at Disney Interactive out in LA area, Glendale. Industrial Toys, which is his latest company, was acquired by Electronic Arts. So, um, yeah, Alex has got a hell of a streak there. So, and, and yeah, Wide Load was a very small team. I think we were around 25 people, but it was very tight and very, uh, there was no dead weight, right? Everybody was really no, and, and there's still a lot of people that I know that have worked there over the time. They're like, they're cool, like Blizzard or like big studios. And it's like, they still mm-hmm. say that's like one of their favorite studios. And it, it was, it was fun. Like, we, it's, it was starting to feel like because Disney would let us do what we wanted to do with like the, the space as well. So they were giving us yep. like stuff we were requesting from archives. So we it was just, it felt like a creative space. We had, it just felt fun. And because it was smaller, like you said, yeah. Um, I've worked at the bigger studios and, you know, I work at a big, like Epic's huge right now. And don't get me wrong. I, I love working at Epic. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, like, you can't know everyone. You can know right. yeah, everyone, yeah. but it's like, uh, no, I, I, that project. First name basis, right? Yeah. 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 That project was really fun. So what about the industry right now? Like, what are you curious about? Like, what are you Oh, like a future of everything? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you um, excited about? I mean, obviously, I'm excited about uh, PlayStation Five. Like, I've always been like a, a PlayStation person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like Xbox and all, like I like it all. Um, Nintendo Switch is fun. I like. I mean, I grew up with a Nintendo and Atari. Like, that was the first thing I had. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm I'm really curious to see how um, PlayStation Five goes. I like kitty games. I do, uh, but I I feel like Switch to me is always going to have like that more brighter color palette. Like. Yeah, yeah, what, classic is, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, which is completely fine. Fine, I I really enjoy it, but mm-hmm. the grittiness and the variety of like a PlayStation Five, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how um, VR is going to do. I feel like VR is not being you. In my opinion, VR should be more of an experience than a mm-hmm. huge interaction. Because if you create these things that you're allowed to like explore and experience and like tell stories and have it be more adventure based as opposed to like here. Yeah. You can your hands and do all that stuff uh, for me that's not really it um so i'm yeah. sure where vr will go in that capacity mm-hmm. um i want to play last of us too um oh, curious to yeah. see I'm curious to see whatever um is yeah, created crazy by, yeah, I, yeah i just saw the other day that it wasn't somebody from within the, the studio or something so right yeah, yeah I mean, uh, but even if that happens like i there's always going to be a leak i don't care i'm not yeah. gonna but yeah like i I'm, I'm curious to see like how storytelling is pushed even further Mm-hmm. Um, especially now that everyone's got their eyes on it, like, you know, Last of Us winning a BAFTA in 2013. It's like, okay, cool. You know, God right. of War did a really good job too. And we keep on seeing these people that are able to create stuff. For me, I'm more of like a, I want to see something that's going to scare me. 
So mm-hmm. uh, I was really excited for the PT demo that came out. Um, okay. I'm hoping they revisit that because for me, it's like, I like to, I like to be scared. Like um, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to feel like, I want to be able to explore places that I normally probably wouldn't want to go through. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah. as an artist, I still, I still want to be able to like explore and just stop and look at things like, cause there's a game that came out when PlayStation four was like, so the order mm-hmm. 1886 and it, it got kind of like, I heard of it. Yeah. yeah, it got it got a bad rap, but I th- I think it did a good job because visually it looked amazing and it, yeah, it was short and there was some design flaws. But if you look at the studio that did it, Ready at Dawn, they had done mm-hmm. ports just before that. This was their first attempt at a game, and okay. yes, they needed to do a lot of adjustment on the design side. But in the end of the day, they created something that was insanely visually beautiful. So it's like hmm. for me, I, I like I like the visuals of it. Um, yeah. not to the, not, not weird visuals. Cause I feel like when you look at games like heavy rain, um, um oh, nah, yeah. it's like, it's, it's a little bit, I don't know. It's like, it's trying to be too, too real, but not, yeah. um, there's one game that I want to play that I haven't played yet is that uh, control. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. So that one okay. looks beautiful and I haven't done that one yet, but, um, okay. and, any, and, and the next game that played, Oh, you know, what actually supposed to be good too. The new half-life, the VR half-life version. Yeah. I, I I've been playing that actually. Um, how do you like it? Yeah. It's it's mixed, right? Like, cause it, it is interesting to like look around and see uh, interacting with stuff. But then I have times where I feel like this is like, um, it feels almost like mist, you know, cause you, you yeah. know, missed back. Like, cause that you have to like uh, move forward with, with using the controller and then it like shows you a new frame. So yeah. that part gets a little bit weird, but um, I, I'm only in the second level right now. So I shouldn't give it a, a full judgment, but yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about it. And that's why I, wanted to download and check it out on the Vive. So, yeah. yeah. What about threats? Like, what are you worried about for the game industry? And like... Um, I don't really see, actually... I mean, the I don't think there's going to be really any threats for the gaming industry because before, the only threat would be AAA studios just being redundant with their content. But now, because, mm-hmm. you know, companies like Epic and um, Steam and other ones have kind of provided these platforms for indie developers to create content and share it, um, I think there's a nice balance um, of like people being able to play like these more visually uh, expressive ones and more artistically different that are kind of like, you know, limbo or inside that play dad did um, yeah. kind of like, Oh wow, cool. This is like little nightmares was awesome. So you have mm-hmm. these people that are able to do these types of games. Um, and then, you know, EA is still going to do EA uh, Activision is still going to make another call of duty. Still, and yeah. it's completely fine. I mean, I will never discredit what they're doing. And I love it when people are like those games are crap. And it's like, if you only knew what took what it what it took to make that, and if you actually played it, and like you'd be like, no, nah, it's not crap. Right. Uh, there's an no audience I, for it, and, and there's, yeah, there's interest yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't see a threat. I mean, obviously, the only threat would be like if the internet just stops working. Um, <laughs> that's a threat. Right. Um, but I, okay. I think I, I I really hope that people find balance in it mm-hmm. because. The only like it doesn't worry me. I don't lose sleep in this stuff because I feel like it speaks to a person's character. They mm-hmm. like there's so many kids that just all they do is play games. Like yeah, terrible. And everyone's like, oh, video games are ruined. I'm like, no, they're not. I grew up watching terrible horror movies <laughs> at a very young age, playing Mortal Kombat when I was like super young in Doom and yeah, like very very heavy music. Like I'm completely fine. It's I'm rational. Mm-hmm. I know how to process it, but I also know that playing video games like 10 hours a night every single day is terrible for you so it's 
Right, find that balance. Yeah, yeah and I, I, the, the only thing that I think people are like aware of that, but there's always going to be those politicians, those like the parents that are like, well, it's yeah. terrible for you. I'm like, yeah, no, maybe you, you just need to, I don't know, like throw some rules down. Like in order to play an hour of Nintendo growing up, me and my brother had to do 10 hours of chores. And I don't know if you remember Nintendo. Yeah. It'd be me and him playing like a game that was two player and I'd probably die right away. And then he would play the rest of the 50 minutes. And I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> right, right. It's like, damn it. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah was, games were tougher back then. You didn't have a lot yeah. of save, save files. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So you're like, oh, I'm out. Shit. Yeah. I really don't see, like, I don't see any threats to it because I think people are like, I, the, the people who are developing content are just going to keep on doing it. And the industry has always been really good at like adjusting and adapting. And, you know, here's a big open end one. What about a funny or odd story from working in the game industry? Yeah. I have, I have loads of those. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you when one. You're comfortable I'll, sharing. I'll give you one, and this is pretty. This is pretty funny. So uh, okay. I worked at, and um, Midway was a delight, and no, it was it was really fun. But unfortunately, the building had some sewer issues, and yes, they uh, did. <laughs> I remember this one time I was uh, working in an office, and it was just me by myself. And this was when I was on the Stranglehold team, okay. and I had my headphones on, and the way that my desk was positioned, I was facing my door, uh, so I could yeah. see walking back and forth and I had my headphones on. Um, I had my desktop, uh, like my, my PC, like desktop part of it was on, mm-hmm. on the desk as well. Same with my monitor. I was working in, I was in the groove. Yeah. I started seeing people and I had my feet up. Uh, there's like, remember those old midway desks? Like, I don't know, there's a place where you could put your feet up. I was just, my feet were up. Yeah. Vaguely. Um, yeah. I saw people just start running back and forth and like more and more. I was like, I, I couldn't really, I was like, whatever. Um, <laughs> Then I like one of someone came in, they're like mouthing, and I couldn't see them because I, I couldn't hear them because I had yeah, music yeah, on. on. And yeah, I turned them off, and he's like, "Dude, what the hell are you doing?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And I put my feet down. There's like four inches of water, and it's getting higher and higher and higher. It, the building was flooding. And oh, you're in the sports building then? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the building was flooding. We're like, "What the hell?" And so. It happened uh, like multiple times over there. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. at this point, it's like I had my, my feet were like a building was flooding. I put my feet in the water. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, and all my stuff luckily was on my desk. Um, so yeah. I was, I, I took everything. I took the the outlets. I unplugged everything and I left everything on top of the desk. I saved all my files. I was like, oh, fuck. Right. Um, and I got out there. But like most of the crew, like a lot of people, they had their computers down the ground and they lost so much stuff. No, so depending which flood you're talking about, because it happened multiple times. Yeah. This weird... <laughs> the great flood of 2006, yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah, we were, we were working late on MK, and then it, it started happening, and then we went over the sports building, and it was flooding over there. And, like, the the uh, drinking fountain was, like, shooting water, yep. making a hole, like, in the ceiling tile. Yep. And then uh, Greg ran in the men's room, and he started screaming because, like, all the toilets were, like... <laughs> shooting back up so then we were running around because ps2 dev kits yep you got the privilege to 20 grand to yeah i remember that borrow them from sony right so we were pulling them off the ground because some people had them on the ground some people had them on like milk crates so we're running around um from our building in the sports building just getting all this expensive equipment off the floor that we could and then we we looked outside and there was a a manhole cover where this flood was happening and it was shooting water like 20 or 30 feet in the air like 
like a geyser, like like old Yellowstone. And and we this was very early, like two twenty four. So we had our crappy three twenty by two forty phones t- trying to take pictures of this because like no one's going to believe us. But um, we took pictures of it, and then it just the whole thing flooded, and it was just like a, a mess. I know you don't play a lot of games, but like, are there any games you're excited about right now? Control. Uh, I want to. I want to play yeah. that one. Uh, Last okay. of Us Two. Definitely want to play that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I want to play whatever Red Barrels is making. Those are the guys that did the Outlast series. I know they're working on something now. Huh. And uh, Red Barrels. Yeah, they're up in Montreal. I've been following them for a while. It's like a, a bunch, a small group of uh, developers that they worked on. Like some of them worked at Ubisoft, some worked at Bioware, yeah. but they did the, the Outlast. There's two of them, and that's okay. the like they're more horror based. They use Unreal. Um, hmm. I like there, and then, there's there's a lot of talent in Montreal because oh, Ubisoft has a has a huge studio up there because the Canadian government gives um, tax refunds. They when, have when you're so in the tech many space. people. Yeah, they have yeah. So there's many thousands of people. Uh, I think yeah. they've got three campuses up there. I was up there for a, a Level X event with Seagraph uh, i3D, and I was very impressed. Ubisoft and all the talent that's up there. Yeah, the Edios. They have uh, Unity, Substance, ArtStation. Epic's mm-hmm. up there. Like, there's so many studios, like, so much stuff going up there. Um, if, yeah. I, if I was someone that's new in the industry and I don't know how it's going to go now because I'm pretty sure no one's going to like America, uh, I'd be like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to go up to Montreal but just because they have so many studios and they, they, yeah, they do. Cost, the cost of living is so much cheaper. And they it's like they have movie studios, software studios. Mm-hmm. It's a very European city. I mean, the one downside yeah, I love it is it's Canada, so it's cold, right? And you get a lot of snow. So that's yeah. it does snow a lot up there, but it is a very, very cool city. So for sure. Uh, and then whatever Play Dead is making next, because uh, I love everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they did Limbo and Inside. So I feel like whatever the yeah. project working on, it's got to come out like soon, hopefully. So is there anything else um, I should have asked you about, but didn't? No, I mean, if, if there is, we'll just do another session. So what about finding you online? Like, you know, your website, you know, the rookies, Epic, Twitter. You know. uh, the, be- the best part would be just to like, right, I'm redoing my website. Best part would just be to follow me on like Instagram. Um, okay. Which is just Justin Moment. Because um, that's where I'm going to share a lot of stuff that we do with the rookies, what we do with Epic, what we do with heavy metal and like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually I'm going to have like, you know, the, I think the curse is you always want to redo your portfolio, but it's like you're always <laughs> busy. So you don't have time to redo your portfolio, yeah, so, yeah. which is a good thing. But um, um, yeah, I mean, that's always a good place to start. And, you mm. know, definitely we'll, we'll have to do another one of these uh, and uh, get the rookie guys on here so we can talk more about that and yeah. really talk about how they see from a visual effects standpoint, video games um, work. Mm. Like, Because it's interesting when I, when I would talk to a lot of these studios that uh, like Rising Sun Pictures, for example, like they did like um, Logan, like Thor, okay. they've done a lot, really a lot, a lot of big movies. Yeah, big stuff. Yeah, and they're one of the early adopters of using Substance Painter uh, and Unreal into their ah. pipelines. You know, obviously a lot of visual effects studios are like, well, I want to use Mari because it does this. And we're like, no, like tools that we're using, our methods, our pipelines are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always like, obviously, nothing's one to one. There's a, a lot of differences between visual effects and games, but Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting closer. No, it's cool. And, I, and I'm thinking back now. That's right. We were in uh, San Francisco at GDC. I, I met. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. You met Alan and Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you guys came by our booth. So, yeah, that's right. We got to get um, you guys on with. We got we to get them on with you. Yeah. Cool. I got a shout out here. I, I, I have I have a patron person that you may know, Murray Blue. 
Oh my God. Murray Blue. Yeah. Murray Blue. The awesome Murray Blue. Uh big fan What's of Murray. Up, Murray? Yeah. Murray Blue. Yeah. That guy was awesome. I'm glad you you, you did a good job of picking him up. One of the yeah. best students ever. That guy would yeah. come in all the time and just like work and just work and work. And then he'd roll his eyes at students the way I would have been like, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, good. Yeah, you're gonna do fine. So do the work. Do the yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a hustler. I'm glad yeah. you guys grabbed him. He's gonna uh, Murray's gonna make He's got to do good things. He's a avid listener of the show and, and he's a uh, patron. So I want to do a shout out to Blue there. So, well, thank you, Justin. This has been great. I, uh, a lot of great information here and I, I think people are going to enjoy the show. Oh yeah. I'll be, thanks for having me on. And then anytime you want to do it in the future, just let me know. Thanks for listening to this episode of Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast. Go to the website at gamedevadvice.com and you can find the show notes along with show notes for all the other episodes. Please also check out the new Patreon page at patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Have a lot of options up there for how you can support the show. Again, that's patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Thanks again for listening and being part of the show. Take care. Bye-bye.